Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this 20th episode, I'm actually going to be interviewing Alan Thomas, a longtime player in the Northwest, entering his third elite season. Alan, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Happy to see if I can get to know you a little bit more. Definitely appreciated your time with the Seattle Classic Recaps. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, why don't you go ahead and just give yourself a full introduction and the team you currently play for. Hi, yeah, happy to be back, Steve. Thank you. I had a lot of fun on that uh, classic recap and uh, happy to join you again. Um, as you said, my name's Alan. Uh, you know, I play uh, dodgeball in the Northwest. I've been playing for quite a long time. I entered Elite in 2015, round two. Uh, Palm Springs was my debut in Elite competition, and I've played for Rainbows the entire time. Palm Springs, okay. That's. I want to say that checks out. Like I would know you better than your own showing <laughs> debut, but I got more comments on that one, so I'm just going to notate that for later. Um, so Rainbows, right? What? Uh, wh- why Rainbows? Where the name come from, and what was your inspiration behind it? Well, there's a few uh, things that played into that. So um, we, I'd watched a lot of film on Elite as soon as we kind of heard what it was from uh, Brandon Cook, and he wanted us to come play. You know, I started looking into the teams that were playing and I started noticing that they're all really boring as far as like style uh, that, you know, they don't really have a lot of color. It's usually, it's all these metal names like Titan and doom and rise and death ball. And I, I mean, you know, I probably noticed team evil at the time. Like it just, and it was mostly all red or black, like t- rise had the gray Titan at the time had like the white with the lightning bolt cut in the yellow. Um, which was okay. I kind of liked those back in the day, but you know, death ball was again, it was just like a skull. So my primary thing for us was to get something that could be colorful. Uh, so we stood out and also just so that it didn't all seem like a bunch of, you know, thrasher metalheads playing dodgeball against each other. Uh, Rain, uh, the REIGN is a longtime kickball team that Sean played on the travel kickball team as well as local, the rain makers. So, um, just kept that in rain, you know, having the rainbow theme gave us a, a great excuse to pull in a lot of color, make ourselves more interesting and catch the eye. That's eventually that's cool. it just became rainbows. I'm not really sure. Uh, Lucas was a super big fan of it. Uh, but you know, he, you know, he designed our early shirts. The, the early shirt rainbow was just a striped rainbow red down. And we had our name on our favorite color on the back. That was kind of the first iteration, and then mm. in a couple other uh, just kind of t-shirts type designs, and now we're you know big time, big time. That's pretty cool. So yeah, I I would not have made that that connection. I'm, I do know that black is like the go-to for a lot of the dodgeball jerseys and colors, and so I was actually really really proud of Titan going away from the typical black um, and using. It was like a yellowish gold color with white. Well, actually, I was very against it at first, but it came out pretty good, and it was good to have variety. Um, and then, you know, kudos to their new look. Uh, white and blue looks really good, and I owe a lot of apologies to uh, Justin Acton for saying baby blue and white will never work. But uh, <laughs> that's just a, that's just a, my limited uh, color scheme understanding. When I was with Evil, when we had Evil, I should say, black and white was the easiest way to go, but... Uh, yeah, I had no idea that you were looking at um, changing the scene visually. That's kind of cool. Because you kind of pointed on something, and this is why I wanted to bring you back um, and why I was really grateful to have you with the Seattle Classic. It's like, it seems like you really do your homework. Um, you said you were watching elite footage before you guys even entered an elite tournament? Yeah, there, I mean, I wanted to make sure that I could compete. You know, I'm, I, 
elite's a big deal and also traveling for it with legal headshots and things like that. If I didn't think I could hang uh, and we had a chance, there's probably not a chance I would have came. So, you know, I had to look into it a little beforehand. I had to figure out what was going on, you know, watch the footage and you know, these guys don't throw much harder than me. We've got Sean and Lucas on the team. Not a lot of people throw much harder than them. So, you know, when we have, <clears throat> we have good utility players, me and Ricky are really strong, kind of can be anywhere on the court. So I, I just, that was the first thing was make sure that if we go, if we decide to do this, we're not going to get embarrassed. But once that was pretty clear not to not to be the case, um, it was to learn what teams did, you know. So before we came in, we you know we knew the burden ball was a big deal. Everyone threw it kind of the same way, and so we changed that. Uh, actually, there's a there's a very um, in my dodgeball career, there's a pivotal conversation after the that that Palm Springs tournament was a two day tournament, and uh, we seeded fifth, I think. Uh, in open and Davey came up to us and he's like, you guys are Davey Blake. He's like, you guys are, you know, you're getting it. You're playing really good. And one thing you mentioned, he just, he's like, you got to learn to throw that burden ball. And, and we're just looking at him like, sure. Yeah, man, definitely. We'll <laughs> throw the burden ball every time. And then we don't throw the burden ball every time. And now teams don't throw the burden ball. It's, it's come, I think a little more common and we, it was a big deal for us to come out and just not telegraph who was throwing every time. Yeah, I think if like another team that had been established started doing that, it wouldn't have been such a big deal. But um, I think you would expect a new team coming in, they're going to throw the burden ball. And if you see them like, oh man, this team's not throwing the burden ball, what are they doing? But um, <laughs> it's kind of a cool little like maneuver or trick that you guys had. I know that when um, when we're looking at throwing you know, three balls and one of them is the burden ball, I tend to not throw that one because you guys are going to be watching that. So it's like what they what they expect. Unless it's somebody like Ketchum where, yeah, it doesn't matter if this guy throws the burden ball or not. You're going to be watching him regardless. So that's kind of a cool little uh, change up. Um, I wanted to talk about Palm Springs real quick because that that's when I first heard about you guys. Um, I know we are kind of talking about this offline. But um, we um, – so I missed the March 2016 – to be established? Yeah, it was the 2016 um, Elite Tournament. And so, from what I understood when I was with Titan, we didn't really have a strong showing. I don't know what we seeded or what we placed, but I was wondering if there's still a chance that we can potentially get top three or even come out of there with like a first place um, run and get those, you know, coveted rings and whatnot. And when I was talking to Brett about it, he said it was like mathematically impossible. He had already done the numbers. He had already looked at, okay, you're going to look at Rise and Doom as number one and number two, and maybe us... um, three or, or maybe we would get a, a first place here and there but something drastic would have to happen right for for one of those two teams to just completely eat crap and uh we're just like well, well dang i guess that's never going to happen and then sure as crap uh go figure here comes rainbows out of left field I, 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 sh- I should say out of the northwest and you guys did us that solid um and i, I didn't make the palm springs tournament either so i don't know what happened there but uh, that that anomaly that we were kind of thinking would have to happen happened. So I was really curious, like what you, where you guys came from. Um, you know, it, I, all I heard was this team from Oregon called the Rainbows came and and just killed it. So that was my first like kind of experience of, of getting to know you guys. Um, it's kind of funny how that happened. But real quick. Um, was the Seattle Classic like your most competitive tournament prior to entering Elite or? I would say, yeah, we'd had, uh, the, you know, the Classic had been going on for years at that time. Uh, let's see, so that would have been 2016. I'd played in two Classics 
at that point and uh, come in second and fourth. And just earlier that year, we had Fury come up with uh, Pyan and, and Pat Guevara playing with them. So, I mean, that, I mean that's a pretty darn good team. Um, it was pretty interesting. I, I can tell you that just if that was all I knew about him watching him play that day, I wouldn't have been as afraid of him pieing, that is. I think the, the longer throw line of the classic hurt his game a little bit. Um, and it's just, just because of the angle his ball comes out, if he has to put it at more distance, it's, it's less scary. Less, you know, it doesn't have quite the zip at three feet farther that, you know, it has a close range. So, um, that, but it was an interesting tournament. So we played them that year, 2016. We played them in the quarterfinals, and they were the, the three seed, I think, and we were the six seed. And we took them out 3-0. We got up 3-0. They won a game, and then we won the, the fifth game. And it, it was pretty uh, it was pretty quick. But uh, before that, we'd had, we'd had an NDL pit stop in, uh, I think that was probably 2014. And um, it uh, – it didn't go that well. I think it was uh, open was three teams, so they did open no block, and then the women's had three teams, and then Coed had something like eight teams. And I'm pretty sure I registered personally because I'm sure you remember NDL's archaic registration system. I personally registered five of those six, eleven, you know, fourteen teams that I just mentioned, just because it was such a pain in the butt. So I collected the money from everyone to to bring this event to make sure that it was at least not too bad. Man, you just brought up a, a memory I had buried deep in the recesses of uh, NDL and how you'd have to chase down every teammate for money. You had to fill out the form yourself, especially like per division, per team. Um, that was a nightmare. So you had a, you had a tour stop though in 2014? They, had, they were still doing those? I believe it was 2014. It might have been 13. I, I came back to competitive dodgeball. This question is going to come up later, but I came back to competitive dodgeball in 12 or 13, and I feel like it was during my my second year back. So 13 or 14 is my my memory says. But I, I'll find a photo and we'll throw it in the uh, in the once this is posted. So I will say the 2013 was like their last DWC. Um, they claim a 2014 happened and that might've just been like 12 <laughs> people showing up. So it would have to be before. Well, no, I take that back. It, it could still be. We'll have to dig that up as you said, but so um, yeah, I think, sorry to cut you off there. I oh, think no the last legitimate one that happened, Sean and Ricky went with Beaver damnation and they won against, I think the empire. So, that was the last legitimate one with you know more than two teams or four teams or whatever that I'd heard about. So those guys had had experience, I guess, on that stage. That was you know there was no rise there. But okay, so that that must have been 2014 then, because my last run with Damnation was uh, 2013, and we didn't. Okay, we took second in several divisions. Um, that's interesting. It's it's there's such like a, a like a, a curtain or, or a dark cloud around what happened in 2014. They just uh, I remember it was like Facebook or the website said, oh, we had another successful 2014 DWC. I was like, no, you didn't. I know you did not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so let's, let's kind of backpedal a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Brandon Cook. Was, was he kind of responsible for bringing you guys into a lead or how did that happen? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't mean to open wounds for the guy, but he, he did. Yeah, he brought, it, he brought it to all of our attention. He put together a group of all of the players he thought were the best in the Northwest. I'm actually not even sure I was put in that group. And they wanted everyone, you know, wanted to organize a team. And then it just so sort of happened that 
the guys who are putting our team together weren't, you know, weren't a big fan of his play style. And uh, he'd been seen at that point making some plays that were not the best. <laughs> uh, not that he wasn't a quality player, but that just the, the, some of the plays he made, it, his head wasn't always in the game. Um, and so they kind of put together a team behind him. Uh, and that was uh, Lucas was part of that, Sean and Ricky. And I think I was the fourth of that group that was brought in. So, Gotcha. Well, I mean, it. I would say it all turned out well in the end. I mean, you guys came to the the elite fray, and and there's more of a, a northwest showing now. Um, so I guess on that level, it's pretty cool. But definitely, and not I would, sure. uh, you know, to give credit to Brandon, he's come a long way. I mean, I, we would if we were putting together a team now, there's no doubt he would be on it. Nice. It's just it was a different time, you know. Yeah, I mean. I can get into like my history with uh, with Titan not being on them anymore, and I think it's at some point the play style needs to match the, the players, and if you're out of it for so long, it just happens. So I can totally understand that, but at the same time, it's uh, like you said, like you may, maybe now he would be um, more relevant. But um, from what I've seen of him, I mean, he's he's definitely um, I want to say he got more conservative with with his play, but I think I can understand a little bit of what you're talking about because I got to see him play a little bit in 2012 and a little bit of 2013, and he just seemed, um, you know, like young and, and still kind of getting an understanding of what his style is going to be. But curious to see what it's going to look like um, in in the future. But um, that's still pretty cool that he got you guys uh, thinking elite and and all that whatnot. So let's go into like how long have you been playing dodgeball? Uh, you kind of mentioned like you came back. So when did you first start playing? Uh, well, let's see. So I'm, I just turned 30 and I think I played my first time when I was 16, which would have been, what's that 14 years ago, like 2004 approximately. Uh, so we had a league locally that, excuse me, that still exists, uh, Reese's time sports and they do kickball and dodgeball ping pong. Um, and, uh, my dad found out about it. So, I mean, this story I'm sure will come up, but my dad's a player still. We, uh, we started, he started playing and he's just like, Hey, dodgeball's really fun. You know, come play with me. I grew up playing sports, pretty much every sport with him. Um, and so he, you know, he's like, come play, we'll get you in. It doesn't matter. So he signed me up at, you know, as a 21 year old <laughs> and, uh, we go to, you know, we start playing and I'm playing on a team called cheaters, a bunch of, a bunch of pretty good players. And, when I first started playing, man, I was rough. I, I was a good athlete. Like I, I've definitely always had the athletic ability. I could throw a ball. I could catch a ball. I could jump and dodge and duck. But I just was, I guess, I guess you would say I was kind of like Brandon used to be. Like I was just young and the goal was to go up and throw a ball and hit someone with it, you know? The strategy of the game and the nuances were lost on me until I kind of took some time off. I had some other life stuff, a long-term girlfriend, you know, left for some forms of school uh, when I was about 25, 26, so it'd be about four or five years ago, maybe 24. So uh, Dan C., who is, he may be familiar to a couple of the elite people. Him and his wife came down to try out for a WDBF a couple years back, and he met some people through that. He was a long-time pillar of Portland Dodgeball, and in his own right, a very good, smart captain, cerebral player. He, he didn't adjust very well to uh, burden when uh, when the burden came here it, it, his style was suited toward the individual ball count that we'd played for a long time but he brought me back and brought players like uh aldo who you'll see play on double tap uh galen who's on um portland downpour 
<clears throat> guard Nathaniel Guard, who's who plays on downpour. He brought us all basically out of like you know you played at some point and you had that talent. And you're good, you know, you're a good player. Come play on this competitive team and you'll get better together and eventually you know you'll be able to compete with our great team. So at the time, our our competitive team section of our league, you know, the league had like 40, 45 teams or something like that. And the competitive section was a good 10 or 12, like solid competitive teams. And we just got smoked. <laughs> our first couple of seasons, we were terrible. Um, that turned into street fighters, which in uh, 2015 played in the classic, my first classic and ended up getting second to Beaver damnation. Um, so I guess a year or two after you last played with them, but um that was, uh, I mean, that was a big growth, uh, to go from being just a kid who threw and had fun to coming back and being on a team where everyone's trying to buy in, but not everyone quite knows what they're doing yet to eventually shedding, you know, the guy that brought us all back off our team and having our own team and, and having success, uh, in our own right. So nice, man, all kinds of questions are popping up. Um, and I'm, I can only speak for myself. I'm totally guilty of unfortunately pegging Oregon and Washington as one, like one <laughs> place. And I had this problem with the Seattle classic too. Um, thankfully I don't think it, it, uh, translated, um, fortunately, but we're talking about Portland, right? Reese's time sports is based yeah, in Portland. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, so I remember, I mean, this is back in 2007, 2008, like our first league, um, in, in Tucson dodgeball, um, and this one guy, um, he told us like, Hey, you should totally model this league after Portland because they have like 30, 40, 50 teams. Um, and, and it's like this huge social thing. And that's, uh, that was kind of just before I heard about like, uh, world adult, world adult kickball association, Waka, and, and just yeah. the fact that people were kind of, I want to say cashing in on this like adult recreational sports. Like we were just slowly starting to understand that whole deal. And it just blew my mind that any city would have such popularity in dodgeball. And I wonder if Reese's Time Sports was um, was part of that. Um, because I do remember a couple of teams would go to the, the NDL. Um, yeah. And this is where I, I mess up. But I want to say like the Seattle Reign. Does that name sound? I think the Portland Reign was, they actually ah, won it. the co-ed division <clears throat> one year, I believe. Portland Reign. Okay. So I see that. I, I keep doing that. There's the Portland Reign. Obviously, there was, um, well, it was OSU at the time. That was Kevin Pack's team. Yeah. And there was a group of Seattle guys that were, the only reason why I know them so well is because they knocked out the Ballbusters, um, the all-ladies Arizona team, and it was a really close match. And I just remember, like, vowing vengeance against them. Um, and this was when we were with Rampage, and we never got to face them. Or if we did, I don't remember it. I just remember hating them for, for knocking uh, the little, the the girls out because they were doing so well and I was like I'll never forget this team and I just remember like gray I remember like a bald dude wearing uh, goggles and that that's about as far as my hatred could take me. So I th I, I believe to my knowledge Lucas took a Seattle team to actually I think it was one of the first elites. That's that's my knowledge of the only time that Seattle had gone. Um, but you know he could have gone before that or someone else from there could have. But Portland went to a couple. I want to say it was three different years of maybe two different years of the NDL. So when I was 18, they had, they went their first year and we had like a warm up tournament and one of the top 
teams that we were sending needed a sub. So I filled in for them that day. My dad was on that team at the time and we ended up winning the warm up tournament, but they didn't do as well at nationals as they wanted. I don't think they got embarrassed by any means, but they, they just didn't quite play as well as they wanted. But the next year, one of the co-ed teams we sent won the co-ed division. So hmm. yeah, I mean, before I, you know, any of us that are on the scene now were playing, they, they'd had some national success. So those guys that, and ladies that were on that team, most of them still play. Uh, Levi Ness, I, I know, was on that team for sure, and that dude's a monster. He's getting old now. He's a bald guy with kind of longer limbs than his body, but he has a crazy wicked throw. He's, and his arms are so – they just he, he's, he probably was a shortstop or something in baseball because he, he can throw from any angle. His feet are quick. His footwork's impeccable, and, and he's just got great eyes to see a ball coming in. Nice. Does he, so? Does he play in the lead, or he just plays nah, in his region locally? Locally, got it. I'm gonna have to research that because, and I should have done that before because I, I just remembered just a great team. It's like they're they're evil, they're bad guys. You gotta gotta kill them <laughs> for what they did. Um, cool. So let's kind of go back to um, you mentioned something about like this guy was like a short must have been shortstop. Uh, what what sports did you play before you got into dodgeball? Uh, pretty much everything, uh, as, uh, as we kind of talked about a theme of this will be my dad, you know, I kind of grew up, he was a single dad with me for a good chunk of my childhood. So I mean, sports and video games were kind of what we did together. And a lot of times that was sports video games. So nice. I mean, I remember playing blades of steel just <laughs> a ton. I love that game. So, you know, and then, you know, I was playing basketball and soccer. Those were soccer was the first sport I ever played, but I, it wasn't my sport. I just played it because, you know, you're a kid and they give you sports to play. Basketball was probably the first one I really cared for. Um, I played T-ball, but it wasn't big, but I was willing to play whatever sport that was kind of put in front of me. So um, I actually didn't even start playing football until ninth grade. We started playing sports at lunch and in between ninth and 10th grade, you know, the seniors moved out and they were wanted to play Frisbee, which is fine. I played ultimate Frisbee too. But then the next year when I was a sophomore, we took over the field and started playing football every day at lunch. We'd play for the whole lunch. We just pick teams real quick and start playing. And uh, my only experience with football was that I loved Madden. So like the year before that, I got one of the Maddens with the uh, Dante Culpepper on the cover. So that was 02, I think. And uh, just, I mean, I taught myself how to throw. Like I just watched, you know, the game, watched football and saw the way that they threw a ball, learned how to throw a ball. And wow. now I would say football is my second best sport. I play on a flag football league. We've won championships three of the last four years with actually mostly dodgeball players that we just I brought over to play football with us. So um, I just grew up playing everything. As If there was a sport in front of me to play, I'd, I'd give it a go. Gotcha. And obviously people won't be able to see this, but I, not to creep on you, but I see some trophies in the background. <laughs> Those are actually all dodgeball trophies. Well, no. So there's actually one. I played a couple seasons of kickball. I hate kickball, but I played a couple seasons. That's probably my favorite trophy though. So our nice. captains, one of some of my best friends, I play board games with them all the time, but they made us all player cards at one point. So everyone had a card, like a little trading card. And it had some like funny stats about it. And they gave us all one season. They gave everyone kind of an award. And it wasn't an award necessarily about how you played. It could be. It could not be. I got the most likely to gain aggro. I don't know if you're familiar with like MMOs like, or like RPGs. So aggro is what's the term for like drawing heat basically. So if you're a tank, you want to be able to, to gain aggro because that means that everything's attacking you instead of the people around you. So gotcha. In that way, I kind of, <laughs> I know how to get people kind of mad at me pretty fast. 
<laughs> like and very effectively and i don't necessarily always do it on purpose certainly sometimes i do but it, so you know if whenever there was a call to argue or someone was heated at someone else i knew how to just take take the attention and put it on me so that the rest of the team didn't have to deal with it so gotcha. i was uh, most likely to gain aggro okay that makes sense um i was gonna ask and i, I kind of asked um cat this question but were, were there any sports that helped you with dodgeball yeah actually this is a um this is a i love talking <clears throat> about this uh I, I would say that there's some of what pretty much every sport I, I grew up playing. So, I mean, when I started playing football, I played quarterback as basketball, as a point guard In soccer. I love to play the midfield. I played a few seasons, even of indoor soccer when I got older, just to, to give it a go again. And I loved the, the playmaker aspect of all of those positions. I kind of loved the way you watch the, the field develop, the players move, you kind of coordinate, you attack a certain player to, to draw a reaction. So, I mean, Steve Nash was, was one of my all time favorite players just because he knew how to manipulate the court. Like, there's other guys who could pass the ball the same way he could. The reason he was successful is because he knew how to put a guy in the spot he wanted so that he could get the pass to the guy he wanted to get it to. Right. So dodgeball is, I mean, if you can get the player to react the way you want them to, that's, that's the whole game. Like if you, if you just line up and throw it at the other team without doing anything or trying to get anything out of it, I mean, I guess you could win that way. I mean, sure. But if, if you can get a, like say run up two players on one side to make a fake and then throw the throwers, the guy on the right side and you hit them as they come down, like it's just such an e it's such so much easier to deal with. Right. So like there's no chance of you being caught in that situation. You're throwing a guy who's not even looking at you. So just the way that you can make the game develop, the way that you can see the plays happen, um, especially when you get bang bag plays and trades and things like that. Like I'm pretty, I'd say I'm pretty good at initiating a trade where I, we come out on top because I just I can pay attention to when the ball is on the court for them, when the right time to attack is, and things like that. Just little nuances. So I'd say that playing football, basketball, and soccer really gave me the ability to to kind of understand those nuances. And then it was just a matter of realizing, you know, what they were in dodgeball, you know, and then I, I could take advantage of them after that. So, yeah, the core vision is big. Um, football really is where I learned body control. So I was, I was very good at, at finding the ball and catching it right. So on a deep ball, you don't, it's not always thrown right to you or you have a defender and it's, you got to go to the other shoulder or you've got to decide to go for a jump ball and you know, hit it at its highest point. So that was something I was really good at in football. And that really transitions over to dodgeball, just the ability to throw and be on the right foot and fall the right way. Um, when you jump, just being able to contort or things like that, you won't really ever see me fall really hard. Unlike uh, one of my teammates, Greg, who's new to round one, you'll see that guy take some of the most brutal falls. Cause he's just, he just throws himself, you know, he wears pads all over himself because he knows that's his game. Right. You won't, you won't see that happen to me too often. I just generally am kind of light on my feet. So those, those, that's definitely a part of all those sports as well. Gotcha. So it's not so much just like physical prowess that you receive from these sports. It's also a lot of mental strategy type things that, that kind of helped. Yeah. It's pretty rare that I'll walk into any court. <clears throat> field or game and i'm the most talented person there that's it's not i'm just kind of not really tall enough you know <laughs> not it's just you know i can hold my own but the way i make my game is through the mental part of it 
So I, I actually found that team. I couldn't help myself uh, going back to uh, the NDL and, and, and um, it was a Seattle rain and go okay. figure. I'm looking at a freaking picture of Lucas or Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. He's got so a little bit. Can you shoot me a, shoot me it? Oh, nice, yep. Man. So the guy next to Lucas there on the left, that's Zach. So our first two seasons, he played with us. Um, let's see behind the sign on the right is Tyson uh, Jaza, um, Jason DeBerry is the bottom in front with his eyes closed. Um, <laughs> I know number seven there right in front of Lucas, but I can't remember his name. He stopped playing a little while back. And then I don't recognize the other there's four other guys. I don't recognize there, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, Zach and Lucas are all time greats of the Seattle dodgeball community. Tyson still plays and, and Jaza just had a kid. So he doesn't play very much anymore, but, uh, I mean, if you play there, you'd know those guys for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, the reason why I stayed on this topic was because I just always wondered when is the Northwest going to come into the fray? Like, when are we going to see Portland guys? When are we going to see Damnation? When are we gonna, when are we going to see Seattle? Because when I when I saw the Seattle Classic, I saw and I kind of wrote about it in the, in the recap article. I just I saw potential of people to come in and and make the elite scene that much um, better and, and just more talent that was. Um, not tapped yet. So I was really excited to see that. And I always wonder what would happen to people like Seattle rain where, you know, they played in the NDL and they were really good. But, um, now I'm starting to recognize faces like Lucas, like, Oh, I've actually faced off against him in the past before, like before, um, 2013 and, and whatnot. So it's kind of cool to, to see that. Um, I did want to ask, cause you said like you kind of took a, you went on a hiatus, but you were brought back to dodgeball. And I thought that was interesting. What, um, well, what specifically brought you back? Because, um, you know, most people, they'll hang up their, their pads or whatever you want to say. They'll retire, and then they're just done. But um, why did you come back? Um, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't say that I ever fully retired. I, I was still playing here and there, just not very much. And then I guess what brought me back into it full-time was just the idea that I'd be, you know, playing at, at the top level. So I, I was always kind of... Uh, you know, a gamer, I guess you'd say, like I, I wanted to play and I wanted to win. So if that opportunity was available to play at the highest level, I was going to take it. And, um, you know, like I said, we weren't really at the highest level <laughs> right off the bat. We were, uh, no good for a while, but it was a good experience. And, you know, I, I always loved dodgeball. I, I, I can appreciate that dodgeball has something for everyone. You know, there's, there's roles for whatever your skill set is. And uh, I identified, even if I didn't take advantage pretty quickly, of the ways that my athletic past really gave me an advantage. And there's no game like it. I, I would say it's kind of like it's the sport for the people who need a lot to pay attention to. And I'm definitely one of those people. Like when I'm sitting around you know, doing nothing, I'm usually doing two or three things at a time. And when there's six balls on the court or you know, whatever in dodgeball, you know, that's basically the same thing. You, just, you have a lot to pay attention to, and I, I like that a lot. That's a really good point. It really keeps you engaged. Um, it's funny, I was, I was thinking about this earlier. We were, me and the coworkers were, t were talking about how, how boring baseball is. Forgive me if you're a baseball fan. <laughs> but I just, like, playing it, watching it, it was never exciting, especially if you're, um, like me, I was in left field all the time, so obviously that's just going to be not fun until that one time you know, a line drive makes it your way and you catch a ball or a pop fly or whatever. And then I played second for a little bit and that was, that was okay. And then I played pitcher for a little bit and that was also okay. But man, it's just, it's so slow. And, um, 
with some of the other, I don't want to say like conventional sports, like, like football. Yeah. It's a little more fast paced. There's a little bit more to watch, but dodgeball, it's like, you know, every single person has as much of a pivotal role as say the quarterback or as say the pitcher for, for these sports. And so dodgeball is just kind of those things where you're always have to be aware and you can just be just as important as the next guy. And I wonder if that's kind of what keeps the game still seem fresh after all these years. I definitely think it is. And, and you don't need a ball in dodgeball. Like the play doesn't have to be coming to you for you to make an impact. Right. So again, baseball, like you're saying, and this is why I hate kickball too, is if that ball isn't coming to you, you honestly don't really have to do very much, right? You, if you're in outfield and the ball doesn't come to you, maybe you, you go try to back up the guy that it is coming to. You know, in the infield, you get a little more because you get the cutoff responsibility. Uh, the catcher and the pitcher are doing the most. Like pitching was my the only thing I really love about that. What, what you know, I play video games for every sport, and when I play baseball video games, I play as the pitcher because that's the only thing that that's interesting to me. You know, even as so, a video game. I get that for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, kickball, really, the only challenge is just trying to stay sober because especially since a lot of them are, are beer leagues and, I mean, it's 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 fun, but it's not like, I'd be hard-pressed to call it a sport. Um, and I hate the fact that competitive kickball equals more bunting. I don't know if you ever had that issue. Yeah, yeah, we have that problem here too. Reese's Time has a really competitive kickball scene and it is a fast pitch kickball just becomes bunt city. And so then the outfielders are even more bored, which is sort of, compounds the problem so when i played kickball i was a pitcher <laughs> or you know bunt stop or catcher because those were kind of interesting too but yeah that's you know same same thing gotcha well can you um can you recount what your first experience with dodgeball was like um did you like play in elementary school or high school just like i guess that first time where you're like i love this sport like this is amazing what was that like yeah, yeah, I don't think I uh, really realized that when I was a kid. Like, when I played it in school, it was fine. We played it just like anything else. You know, I probably would have rather played, you know, later I would have rather played football or earlier I would have rather played basketball. Um, yeah, in, in school, it just, I never quite found the draw that, uh, that I found once I started playing it with people who, you know, that was what they wanted to do. They wanted to play and have fun and, but, but also seriously. So it wasn't until I played it, you know, against adults that I found the draw of the sport. So I guess I'd have to say that the, my first time ever playing, you know, we kind of touched on it a bit was when I was a teenager still. So I was, I was playing in Reese's time on a team called the cheaters with my dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he was in his thirties, late thirties and I was 16 or so. And, uh, we were playing in this, there's this older lady on the team named Susie and, she, you know, the league didn't know who I was necessarily because I was playing illegally. I was underage. So, you know, we kind of had to roll with the punches. And she asked if we were uh, if we were lovers, me and my dad first. And then she asked if we were brothers. And then she, and then finally we had to kind of like, no, no, it's my dad. So that was my <laughs> that was my first like big experience of being in a dodgeball league in Portland was that me and my dad were dating. <laughs> <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> Oh man! Um, so your, your dad. But uh, not too long ago, we drove around LA in a little Fiat 500. So we we were living those days. Those good old days. Um, I kind of want to ask, like, what got him into dodgeball? Um, obviously, he's not the subject of the podcast, though, so that really wouldn't uh, matter. But I do have some questions about him later on. Um, 
but real quick, I just want to make sure that we kind of got like all the NDL related questions. And I did want to ask, um, so you mentioned the tour stop and just to clarify, you didn't participate in any of the DWCs, right? It was just that tour stop. No, I never went to one of those. Um, I was never asked and I, it, they kind of died before I really hit the point where I would have been the person someone tried to get on their team for that. Gotcha. So I did get asked to play on Damnation one time for a local tournament, though, and I had to turn them down because I, the team I was on that was up and coming was going to make the tournament, so I was going to play with them. Gotcha. Cool. So let's uh, let's kind of go back a little bit again to um, your first like elite debut. I, I feel like we kind of established like what brought what drew you into elite dodgeball, um, but you, you want to kind of run down uh, what Palm Springs was like, what it meant, and uh, what you took away from that showing. Yeah, so Palm Springs was, I want to say, May 2016. Um, that was our, you know, Rainbows actually had never played together, played with one or two of those guys at different points on different teams, but never as that form, you know. And, and we had two players from Seattle, so we'd maybe had one practice or maybe two practices leading up to that. So, I mean, really, we, we had an idea of what we were doing. We had some play call, like some fake calls and things like that lined up, but and this was a powerhouse team. If if you were to throw that team we put together in any Northwest tournament, it, there's no team of people that I I think were left there at that time that would have been able to hang. So that, there was no there was no doubt that this was an all star team, um, at least coming from where we were coming from. So you know we were pretty confident. You, you definitely have that worry in the back of your mind that like you know this may not go our way. And, uh, you know, in round robin, I think we kind of showed, we t I think we took a game from Doom and we took a game from Rise, even in just open round robin. And so, I mean, you get that far. I mean, I think our first, I, I'll give a positive shout out at the same time that I mentioned what happened to them when we played them. But uh, the first guy who came up and the first team that we really got to know, uh, first guy was Tori, um, gosh, I'm blanking on his last Tory name. Tori Thompson. Tori Thompson. Yep. The yeah, the famous guy, the most yep. famous guy in Elite. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he he came right up and introduced himself to all of us. He's the captain of Showtime. Um, everyone, I mean, and we love that team. They made a run in one of those, in one, I think it was open, of that bracket. And, man, we were having a blast cheering them on. And uh, he came up right off the bat. I was like, hey, guys, welcome. You know, we're happy to have you here. Can't wait to play you. You know, do your best. Don't worry about what anyone has to say. All that kind of stuff that, you know, just the new team is kind of good to hear. And they were our first, it turned out that they were our first match of the day. And we have that film on video and the match against them was less than two and a half minutes long, like the whole match. And so you could tell, like, if you watch that footage, you could tell that this was a bunch of monsters waiting to be uncaged for, <laughs> you know, the last two months since we'd kind of planned this thing and, and everything was built up. And I feel a little bad that that was the team we took. Like if we'd have played Doom at that first game, that would have been something to watch because, you know, if they they probably could have turned it around on us maybe and taken that aggression, but it just was. It, I think they got one out. They got two outs, and it was me in the first game. I fell back to make a catch and miss it and deflect it into a teammate, and that was the. And we got caught back in. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. So that was a. Uh, that was the first. That was our first match. Was that so? At that point, you know, you know, I think we probably knew that they weren't the best team there, but that was like okay we're we're here this is fine that, that was like your your statement kind of 
Yeah, I, w- I would say that. And, you know, then to also take a game on Doom and Rise. And then, uh, so that tournament was a two-day tournament. Luckily, they've done away with those at, at individual rounds because it's a pain in the butt to stay in Palm Springs for an extra day. Uh, but uh, so then we had co-ed. And, I mean, we we're pretty known now as one of the best co-ed teams. We have, our ladies are top tier, um, especially in 8.5. I don't think, I think if you're going to take the one and two lady in the country, Tiffany's one and Kate's top five. So in, in that we have a huge advantage because, you know, we don't just rely on them to pass balls. We rely on them to, to be players on the team. Um, and that was actually a weird culture shock for us coming from Portland where, where our ladies play, you know, it's not that they don't pass the ball, but they still, you know, generally learn the skills to see so many teams where, all the lady does is just kind of shag the ball and then you don't even let her hold the ball. Well, man, when we saw rise do that or some of the other teams, they would hold a guy, two guys would hold two balls each and the ladies would be standing back there doing nothing. That was just, that was just a weird culture shock for us. Um, just to not even have them protect or play any kind of game like that. And, uh, at one point it, um, someone made a comment. I think it was Billy. I was like, give your girl a ball, let her play. And she's like, we don't want to lose. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Wow. <laughs> so, um, there was, uh, that was one of the most interesting culture shocks for us, but you know, we came out seated pretty high in both. We were fifth, I think in open and we were probably top five in co-ed too. And then, uh, day two of the bracket, um, we, uh, I think we actually lost kind of early because we were we, we had to play Legion of Boom in the losers bracket and then we had to play Titan in the losers bracket I'm pretty sure we were down in the second game of that but I'm pretty sure we two owed him catch him through a catch he tried to throw a back line and our guy ducked it and the guy in the back corner caught it <laughs> it was, was just terrible luck <laughs> yeah no it's so funny cuz I that's what I remember hearing um I just remember like when they faced off against you catch him through from the black from the the back line, like and, and like we we definitely griped about that, and then exactly we said somebody ducked, and then somebody on the back line just caught it. Like okay, thank you. Um, yeah, that was exactly. Like, it was it was Zach and Coib ducked, and Zach caught it in the back corner, and it was just it was that. I think that caught me back in, and then I got uh, me and Zach just took out the whole other side of the court. I'm pretty sure I got Dibble, and I'm pretty sure I got uh, Israel. And then uh, Casey got hit by Zach, something like that. Just like bang, bang, bang. And then someone was all on their own and then the game was over, you know, Acton. Yeah. I think Acton was left final and I got him, I got him in the arm. So that, that's, I was wondering why I remember that play and like why we had talked about that specific instance. And it's kind of cool because now I have a little bit more context, but that was like that momentum shift where at that point it was just, it was done. So that's why we were such a, so in arms about it because I think we're talking about like in the team chat or, or at work because me and Brett worked together at the time but um, yeah I was going to ask you if you like do you remember a time when like catch him through and somebody ducked and you caught it <laughs> what happened it was important I can, but... <laughs> I can send you the video if you want it uh, yeah, <laughs> I think got I... <laughs> it just that game somehow we didn't get the first game so I have no idea what happened there but we have the game literally starting from the point catch him throws the catch to it so <laughs> only the good parts <laughs> of course that's the that's the story of Ketchum's life um my god have you seen you have to have seen the, the brody video yep just a quick segue like you can hear there's so many amazing things that happened in that video but like what i really like is Ketchum's like why does this always happen to me and it's like 
I don't know, man. Cameras are always on you, so it's going to happen. But yeah, well, and you take enough shots, you're going to get. You know, some of them are going to go wrong. It's the law of averages or something like that. So like numbers game. Uh, so yeah, I think after that we went on to play Rise in the losers final, and I think it was two one. I I don't remember. I think we have film of it, but um. You know, I don't, I don't remember it very well. I, re- I remember a couple times where Billy came in out of order and they didn't have a rule about that then, so they just were able to fix it. But I don't remember if it was in the playoff match or if it was in the round-robin matches. Um, and just, uh, I, I think we just kind of, they didn't know. So one thing before it, a surge plays any team he doesn't know, especially a Northwest team, he comes up to me and he asks me, about the team he's like who should we worry about what should we watch out for really? and uh, i don't think they knew what to do when they played us they hadn't figured it out yet so i think their targeting was probably bad and then they just didn't know wh- you know where everything was going to come from and so we were able to take advantage of some misdirection and stuff like that did you did you tell serge like oh yeah you should totally watch out for for me or, or for ricky oh or- no he so that that we didn't know each other then now now he comes to me for that so, so like around one i got you know i tried to give him the rundown on fortune and on uh uh downpour gotcha i was like well that's pretty i mean you might as well try like hey hey new team like who do we look out for yeah who's (laughs) can you give us (laughs) some hints please over here (laughs) i was like that's kind of bold and naive but also why not i mean huh seems like i I could see serge doing that he's kind of got that personality where you just walk into a room and ask the question you know yeah like I, I wouldn't even put that past him because he's he's so analytical and so like calculating he will he'll if it gets him an advantage i i wouldn't put it past him like i said um actually so i did want to go back to that too like I, I think it's really cool and interesting that you like watched video before you guys showed up to make sure you had a chance was there any teams that you're just like we definitely gotta look out for these guys or we gotta look out for these players or how did you like mentally get prepared so that when you guys debuted in elite you took second well i think we i mean we've never taken second in open since then so i think we definitely benefited from not being known we i mean we came in with an advantage of knowing more about our opponents than they knew about us and you know that's certainly valuable i i don't think after you enter the scene like that people then learn who you are like we didn't come to nationals and you know on a clean slate anymore like that so um, we, uh, but yeah, I mean, we saw pine earlier in the year. We saw fury as a team basically. And the fury is one of the better co-ed teams and, and a team that, so the team that played them in the classic was just me and Ricky and like Aldo and Keith, a couple guys from double tap that played on a team together there. So it wasn't, I mean, Aldo and Keith are great players. I, came up playing with all with Aldo and Keith I met through flight football a few years ago and brought him into dodgeball and now they both tra- you know travel for elite too but you know they're not Sean and Koiv right so you know we're taking on this team that's basically an elite team you know they're out of their element in a different rule set but I mean we handled them you know like I said 4-1 so you know we, we at that point we definitely it wasn't that much to be scared of anymore so yeah there was players we knew to look out for um, I want to say like I knew Kenny's arm from death ball and, and Davey, um, you know, those were arms that we saw in death ball. I think they were like the number three team or something the year before that. And, and so they were a kind of a big deal at the time. Um, and then I don't know that there's not very much food film on rise. Most of the film from rise was from before. So I knew who Billy was 
and he'd come to the classic before we knew about his throw. Um, they do, you know, the rest of those guys like Tim, I don't think we could have predicted what, you know, what Tim could do, but we, we just kind of treated him like you know, we treated everyone like they were good players. As far as doom goes, you know, we definitely knew who Vince was, you know, he's a little bit famous. That was right around the time that ESPN did the, the little Kenny main uh, special with him and the guys from doom and regarding UDC and, you know, he's like, oh, I'll invite him to pick up and then laugh at them when I blast him in the face, like that whole thing. Uh, so we knew who, we knew who Vince was. Um, you know, Pyan was was obviously from the classic. I don't know that there was anyone else on that team that was really like, you know, we we were like, that's, you know, that's the one we need to look out for. We kind of had that already figured out. So, but, the, you know, so we beat Rise in the loser's final and then Doom. The first game, we had him. Uh, so the first game of that open, um, you know, final came with uh, it was Sean and Ricky against Pyan and they double teamed and Ricky hit him and Sean put the ball that was a little late right in his stomach and of course in the elite rules you can still make that catch and that's not something we were used to um I mean that was the game right there Vince came in Sean's out Pyan's out it's Vince on Ricky and Ricky slides across the back and goes out of bounds uh, he doesn't even get hit and then uh, the second game they just swept the, you know I think we probably like crap we should have had that game and so we had a letdown game the next game they slaughtered us i think we also fell out of bounds or something and that was a big adjustment was the out of bounds gotcha. <laughs> we never played with hard lines anymore before that gotcha well all, all the same it was it was an impressive showing and it was definitely like uh, you know you're not like a brand new team that oh maybe these guys will be um a breeze um like i said when i found out about you guys like the rainbows like where they come from like who are they and I thought like for a second Kevin Pack had come back and it was uh, the the OSU guys, but when I when they tell me these names, like I've never heard these names before. Like who are these people? So it's kind of cool hearing yeah. that. It um you know through my point of view. Um, so let's kind of move away from elite just for a little bit, and I wanted to ask you what are your thoughts on the international scene, and primarily do you have an interest in Team USA? Yeah, man, I've been given a lot of thought to the. You know, we've got the two competing organizations, the uh, WDBF with USA Dodgeball and the US Dodgeball, which is, I think, the WDO. Mm, I can't remember. WDS? I think it's, the, well, before I say One of the two. Yeah. Whoever does the cloth. Maybe it's the WDA. I, I don't know. There's too many acronyms. <laughs> um, you know, they we've got the tryouts going on right now for the cloth ball. I just got my email about, uh, you know, Basically, what's your commitment? Are you willing to accept, you know, that you may not play some games and stuff like that? But it's a huge bummer that we have these two competing organizations and it turns out that UDC is the same week. Mm. Um, I'd love to play in both of those things. There's no reason why I shouldn't. And that two of the biggest events in dodgeball, I mean, every UDC that comes along is a new biggest event potentially in dodgeball history, you know, top five. And if the... You know, the U.S. dodgeball guys can come through in their promise of Madison Square Garden. Like, what you know, there it is. That'd you could play in, in a stage that no one's ever played dodgeball in like that before. So, uh, it's – I don't think it's good for dodgeball that these two, uh, you know well, – you know, maybe there's stuff behind the scenes I don't know. But it's definitely not good for dodgeball at the same time. And it's even worse for dodgeball if if someone didn't take an extra step to try to make sure that didn't happen. Yeah, I, I can kind of comment on. I'm kind of glad you brought it up because I only other we only talked about Madison Square Garden and the other World Dodgeball organization or whatever it is. Um, 
with uh, with Rob Immel because um, I, I kind of follow him a little bit. I've known him for a long time, and um, it's it's without getting too negative about this whole thing. It, it's the same mentality with the NDL. Um, you can't play in our organization if you're playing in others, and so that that immediately puts a really bad taste in other people's mouths. And like you said, it's very negative towards the sports. So I tend to lean more towards foam and the uh, World Dodgeball Federation. And what's been put together um, with the Team USA's that I think are more, I don't want to say more popular, but, you know, like the the one that's going to happen in L.A. and the one that's, you know, all those, um, all these changes with USA Dodgeball. So that that's about as much as I can comment on, as far as I know, what's going on with the other uh, cloth. But um, kind of brought up another point, too. I didn't ask about UDC, so I'll kind of have to come back to that one. But you said you, you do have interest in representing Team USA for either organization. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's that's a tough choice though, because the you know the only one I'm in the running for is is US Dodgeball. The L, I so I guess my problem as an outsider for the WDBF and USA Dodgeballs, I'm not going to get picked for that team. Um, first of all, I'm not necessarily a popular guy among the people who make those decisions, and second of all, you know they have players there that they see play way more often than me, even if I was. You know, even if even if the the standard argument was that I was on their level, you know, I could make that argument, but most people probably wouldn't. So there's a team that's going to go away before I go. Um, so you know, the chance I have is in the other one, and unfortunately, you know, there's the conflict there. So yeah, I'd love to play for Team USA, and I, and I definitely think I have something to add to any team I play on. Um, I I think uh, I could play pretty much any role that's necessary, and I don't know mo- most people who've seen me play know that. You know, generally I make the right, you know, the right decision. And that's something that can be successful on any team. Gotcha. So the interest is there. If the opportunity presented itself, you'd definitely be down. It's just a matter of, I don't want to say politics, but that and also just being scouted, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I'll get, you know, they'll get to see me. I, you know, they maybe won't get to see me play foam. Unfortunately, I was really bummed that I, I you know, I made the trip for the LA Classic and they didn't have the right foam balls. Like they had some kind of knockoff. And that was, you know, so it was a different game than what you'd see. So that was a bummer. Um, and then I couldn't make the tribute tournament. I wanted rainbows to go to that, but I think most of those guys really only care about rubber and, you know, I'll play whatever kind of dodgeball there is to play. My game translates. So, the, but some of them don't, you know, when we play no sting, Sean's game's different. Ricky doesn't even play it. Koiv loves it. Koiv's great at no sting. So, I mean, we, you know, we all have kind of our different preferences. Gotcha. I was going to ask, um, do you have a favorite style of ball? Um, anything but no sting, actually. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I actually really love the cloth. I would say the cloth is probably my second favorite. And some of that falls into the game style of cloth. I love the, that it's a counterattack game. You have to throw the ball in a certain amount of time or you get counted and then it's a real, then you really have to throw the ball. So it really benefits you to, to attack the court. And that's, I mean, that's the, my back line to center line speed is and the the quickness I can read that the throw's not coming for me and get to the line is it's one of my biggest strengths. So that game suits me very well. Um, I would say that better than better than the normal better than the eight point five elite game. Like my skill set's better in that game than it is in the eight point five. But eight point five is is for me not only just my favorite ball, but I think it's the best standard to measure dodgeball by. Because it is the most balanced ball. Like no sting is it's too much of a thrower's game. Seven inch foam, the way they make the rules is just not an exciting game. Resetting the clock every time a ball thrown is just painfully slow. 
It really just benefits only throwing one ball back and forth, which is what they complain about with elite. So it doesn't make hmm. sense that they have a rule set that's even worse for that. But, you know, it's a big organization. It's not like one person decides that. So, um, no sting. I, I also just don't like that every ball I pick up is different. I, you know, I don't know how much experience you have with no sting, but some of them are six inches and some are six and a half and some are five and a half and some are seven. And then the seven inch one is really squishy and the six inch one's rock hard. Like just yeah, you like, kind of you know. know what you're going to get sometimes. Yeah. You know, so it's, so I, you know, it ends up that a bunch of your balls, my balls just fly straight into the ground because it's, <laughs> I have to grip it slightly different or release at a slightly different point than the last one I held. And it's just, that's, you know, I'm, I, you know, imagine if you're playing, and this happens a little with 8.5 balls, but I mean, imagine if you're playing baseball and every guy walked up there with, a, you know, one had a wooden bat, one had a metal bat, one had the big old plastic bat from the backyard. <laughs> just like, or, you know, the pitcher had, you know, they toss a ball out if that ball isn't exactly perfect. If it gets a scuff mark on it, they throw it into a bin, it's done. right? So it just is a bummer that, that that ball that's making its way through everything is the ball that's the least consistent. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think... um I mean, there are definitely times where I've noticed, like, oh, man, this this ball sucks. I, I'm going to have to dump this one. I can't do anything with it versus, oh, this is a good ball. I'm talking about no sting. I don't think I had that problem too much with uh, Sin City. I felt like they had a pretty good consistency, but it definitely happens, so I totally understand what you're saying there. And then with 8.5, um, there's, like, this ritual that has to be done once uh, the new balls arrive that need to make sure. sure that they're perfect. But I think it's, it's getting better. Um because man, there, there there have been times in tournaments I've gone to where, you know, I'm playing with an 8.5 ball, but it's blown up to the point where it's like 10 inches in diameter, yeah. or it's like super smooth. Sidearm. <laughs> yeah, and like oh well, this isn't gonna be a throwing game anymore. So, yeah, it's um, it's interesting that you, that you would um put cloth second. I I can't stand the cloth balls. I think they're just the devil of a, of a ball. So- so the funny thing about that is, I mean, like, you know, we've had the tryouts and Sean comes, Sean's hands are, his fingers go a good inch to an inch and a half farther than mine. Like, so you can grip them. Probably. I, don't, I don't exactly have big hands, but he can't grip them very well. Like there's something okay. about them that there's just the perfect way to fit your hand on them. And I don't have like, I I've maybe in the four hours or whatever you've practiced, I've had one or two slip out of my hand. Most of them go right exactly where I'm trying to throw them. Just like any other ball I would throw. And Sean, you know, Sean will wind it back and whoop, ball falls out the back, you know. <laughs> it happens to Brandon Cook sometimes too. It's just something about like I found the right – I've tried to show everyone where I grab it, you know. There's like – because it has the seams on it. It's got like the the little laces kind of under the, the the cloth. But you stick your thumb right in one of the, the corners and you stick your fingers over the top uh, lace there and you can actually grip it. It doesn't go anywhere. Well, it's been a long time since I've handled one. Um, and I, I do remember there was like one specific way you can potentially grip one. And once you do that, then it's then it's not bad. It, it becomes more of a fun game because you're actually able to throw and, and um, be effective with it. So um, but I'm curious to see like how this organization plays out. Um, so 2018 Dodgeball World Cup in New York um, under USA Dodgeball. And I'm trying to find the international the uh, the international tie-in here i can't um it's like world i think it's world dodgeball association but yeah i'll be curious to see how that turns out um you said tryouts were were coming up soon 
No, we've had two tryouts here in the Northwest already. So I think we have a few of the players who played in it when it was in uh, Manchester, England, a couple of years back. So, you know, I, I, from my understanding is the, the uh, leadership there is pretty, some loyalty. They have some loyalty. So I guess, uh, you know, whether that's a good or bad thing, the people who played for them or remained loyal to them are kind of who they listen to and follow with. So luckily I'm in a place with the, some of those people. So I think my name's getting, I think I'm getting lifted up a little bit. Yeah. It's, it it is world Dodgeball association. And, um, before this turns into a different type of interview, I'll go ahead and kind of just, (laughs) if people want to look it up, you're more than welcome to. It is, uh, the website is just had it. Us, usdodgeball.com. Um, yeah, whatever happens, you know, wish you luck on that one, and uh, it'll be curious. It'll be fun to watch, um, regardless of what happens. But uh, we can go ahead and just kind of move forward with the uh, international scene. I did want to ask because um, you brought up earlier. I was going to ask what your style of play was, and then I made made a note that it was. Uh, it seems like you're more mental, but do you kind of want to um, expand upon your style of play a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. So. Um... <clears throat> That's a that's a tough one to um, to kind of quantify. I, I think mental is, you know, uh, that's probably the main part of my game. Like if if I I didn't uh, think about it so much beforehand, it sort of turns into more instinctual on the co- instinctual. So generally, you know, f- just be able to react quickly. But um, I, I guess I would say that I'm more of a defensive player. Like my my style of play is is more the rise school than the doom school. Um, Hmm. And rise is a very defensive team. You know, they wait for the right moment. They, they pick their shots. They waste a lot of balls. I mean, uh, I'm not lighting anyone up. And so if I end up being the thrower, it's usually some kind of misdirection or, you know, a smart, well-placed ball and then, you know, draw them in. You you can either, there's a lot of ways you can do that. You know, use the fakes. I'll throw a ball just purposely to dump. If I think someone's going to counter me, so I can get the catch instead. I mean, there's no nothing in the rules that says I have to try to hit you. So, um, it, yeah, that I would say if I had to pick between like defensive, offensive, catching, you know, um, a pressure player, uh, I would say that I'm more of a defensive player than any of those other things. But I, I would say that you know, it's there's a couple. They they don't the other the other segments of my game don't fall far behind, and I can sh- I can shift gears pretty well. Gotcha. I can definitely attest to a very well-placed ball uh, when we played against you in the West. I mean, Grant was still shaking off some of the cobwebs, but you see like this perfect ball that it just looked like it was going to drop and it just hit me like ever so perfectly on the top of my shoe. And I just watched it. I was like, I I should do something. Because I thought, first I thought you're going to throw at my chest because I saw it coming. Like, okay, Alan's going to throw at me. Here here we go. And then I just saw it like not go that way. I was like, Okay, is it gonna is it gonna dip? Am I gonna try to catch this? Am I gonna am I gonna do anything? Am I just gonna let this? Yeah, just let it happen. <laughs> so that was a very well placed ball. It was very like, um, yeah. Were you uh, on the right corner away from your left corner away from me on the right? Yep. Yep. So that's uh, it's amazing to me that this still works. But I, I mean, I could list off a whole bunch of names of people I hit exactly like that. Uh, most of them leading up, you know, I got uh, I got Ronk like that. I got. Chris uh, Bell like that. I got um, uh, I got Glenn like that. I'm trying to think of how many other people I got where they're just in that right corner. And that makes you, me feel you, better. You kind of think I'm probably gonna throw over there because I do it all the time, but I don't ever look at you usually. 
and then, I, and then I, I don't actually face my body towards you. I kind of release outside, and uh, yeah, that's that's my spot. Yeah, it, it was well. I'm, like I said, I'm glad you're listing those names because I don't feel as bad. But I was just like, man, <laughs> it, you had all day to do something. You did nothing. <laughs> just yeah, you know, yeah, it's not coming very fast, man. Come on. Yeah, no, I don't mean it like that. I was just you threw it. You weren't even <laughs> on the line either. You were just kind of like. Um, it looked like you're just dumping it. And I was like, well, yeah, he dumped it on my foot. So <laughs> good job there, Steve. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's kind of get into the, the crowdsource questions here. Um, let's start with Joe Colella. Um, I might, I don't know if we need to reword this one, but I'll give it a shot. Oh, this is my favorite question. Oh, sweet. So I'll just go ahead and ask it as, as is then. Um, yeah. and that is if you had to jump on a team from the West coast, even though I guess you're technically part of the West Coast region, for the yeah. remainder of the year, which team would it be and why? And who would you replace on that team and why? Oh, man. That's a good one. I, I'm yeah. not one to shy away from drama. So, uh -oh. Dojo, great question. Um, I So, I mean, yeah, my, my mm. style fits perfectly with you know, one team, and that's Rise. I'd love to play on Rise. If I ever didn't have Green Bros to play on, you know, that's the team I'd look to make my reappearance on for sure. I also have a lot of respect for those guys. Um, I think that uh, a lot of dodgeball kind of treats this professional dodgeball thing we have, like it's just some big friendly family and that's not really what professional sports is, right? Like you don't watch basketball and the guy fouls the guy and he's like, yep, I did it. It was me. Or it goes off him out of bounds. He's like, oh yeah, that was off me. No, like that's not how professional sports works. And I, and I think a lot of people have it in their head that somehow dodgeball is just going to be this, you know, happy place for everyone forever. And I think Rise is not that. And so as much as, you know, maybe that kind of makes them look like dicks from time to time to a lot of people, at least, at least they're honest about it. Unlike some other people who maybe aren't, or just don't really know what they're getting themselves into, or maybe you have like a double standard of how it works or misconceptions of the way that human nature is. So, um, so for that reason, I, I really like those guys. Uh, and I would play with them in a heartbeat and, uh, you know, again, given Rainbow's gone. And I think I'd replace Tyler. Um, I think we're the closest to the same player in that, and they use him very similar to how I would play on that team. You know, they have him take shots um, from time to time. Our teams are built fairly similar as well. Like, we're not, we're not all that different. Each of us has the big gun. You know, we've got Sean and they've got Chris. Uh, I would say Serge and Ricky are pretty similar. Um, Tim and Koi, uh, or sorry, not, yeah, not Tim and Koi. Tim and the new guy we added, Reeve, are very similar players. And then uh, Jim and Koi are pretty similar. And like I said, I think I could fill Tyler's spot. So, um, you know, not that it would be an upgrade. I wouldn't go that far, but I, I think I can do some things he, ne he doesn't necessarily do. And I think, you know, he probably does a few things that they have him for that I'd have to adjust to. But that would be, that'd be the way I'd go. Special like uh, shout out to um, Havoc. I'd love to play with those guys. Um, I, I don't know who I'd replace though. Um, and then who else would I love to play for? Hmm. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. Good answers. Um, Havoc, they're, they're fun looking. Uh, they look intense and they, they're, um, they're fun to watch. They just seem really, um, really fast paced. And but I feel like it's kind of like a good balance. Um, I like watching them play and then, um, as far as I think his other question was, what makes your respective team unique from others in your division and what teams always seem to get the better of you head to head? 
Rise has been a tough one for us since we first since we first beat them in open in Palm Springs. We really haven't had much success against them. We beat them in round two last year at San Jose in co-ed. And then we beat them in um, co-ed in the round robin at nationals. We smoked them. Um, so I, there's been some back and forth. Um, but when it matters, they usually tend to come out on top. of. I mean, we've had two really contested games. If you want to look at the winner's final, we played them in nationals co-ed. And that was a 2-1 game that we should have had. And uh, one of our players made a pretty big mistake and it swung the game quickly. And then, um, you know, you could say the same about the winner's final at round one. We were right in that game. So just a couple different adjustments here and there. And you know, so they're, they're fun to play against. Um, I mean, Doom's always had our number. Like I said, we finally just got them the first time. That's an interesting one to me, though, because I think if we played them on a weekly basis like if they were in our local league i think we'd overtake them much more quickly i think i think we would gain more from the consistent play against them than they would gain from the consistent play against us so i think i think there's a chance we'll see a you know we took one you know maybe we'll maybe that'll give us the confidence uh, you know like in rocky uh, when he's fighting um drago he's cut he's cut so i think maybe some of that'll come into play nice reference that's awesome you can bleed. Um, uh, and then what makes my, what makes our team different? Um, I just think we, I think we, um, we have a unique style of game. Like the Northwest is a big time catching game. And I don't think there's teams really that catch kind of the way we do that aggressively catch. We are aggressive catchers. Um, I mean, Ricky sort of leads that charge, but uh, it's uh yeah, that, that swing you mentioned against Titan, we get that catch and then come in and get everyone out. We did the same thing against uh, Fury in the semi-final, quarterfinal, quarterfinal of co-ed in round one this year. Uh, they got it down to five on one against me. I get a catch. It's four on two, and 30 seconds later, we've gotten the whole team out. So that, like, we, we have that catch momentum swing is a, it's a card in our pocket and losing Lucas, he was a big part of that, but it's still there. We still have it. Gotcha. Um, real quick, uh, hopefully it doesn't open any wounds or anything, but uh, why did Lucas uh, depart the rainbows? That's an interesting question. I, I you know, he was kind of soft asked it with, uh, with the book of dodgeball. Um, and he didn't get much of an answer. There's a couple things. Um, I don't think we, we f played the style he wanted to play. Um, he likes to not be used a lot early in the game. He likes to wait and wait and wait. Well, hmm. it's tough when you have a weapon like that not to use it, right? But he, you know, I'm not sure what it is, but he has kind of an attention. The more attention is on him, the better the player he becomes a lot of times. He sort of has that, the more, the more you put on his shoulders, the more he picks up. And so we were putting kind of the mundane things like, yeah, you're the solo right now, like early in the game, six on six, first shot, you get it. And I mean, his catch percentage in those situations was way higher than it should have been. So uh, I just, stuff like that. I think he, he felt like he could use himself better. And that's, I mean, I think that's a, that takes a backseat. That, I think he also wanted to get the Seattle people playing 
he knew there was talent there and he was right for sure. I mean, I, I would have told I would have been able to tell you the same thing. It's not, not a grand, um, understanding, but, uh, it also now means he can play his style. It means he can practice. Lucas is a, yeah, I mean, you heard about his play calling. He, he, you know, I, I think I would say I put the game on an instinctual level. I think about it enough beforehand that it becomes instinctual. He, he really complicates the game. And for him, it works. Like, for him and his teams, they've had success, you know, for a long time. But it wasn't something that we were necessarily willing to do with, you know, the rest of the team is have kind of all these code words and things like that. And have he called them set plays where you could like say something and our two corners would go up and know who they're throwing at. We invented a number system to do that. And it just, it didn't seem like he was ever, he always thought there was a better way to do it. And we always thought like this was the least complicated, easiest way to do it. So gotcha. uh, it, there was a bit of butting heads, but it's nothing that, that ruined friendships or anything. I mean, it's, it, he made the decision at the right time in the off season. And, you know, I don't feel like he didn't give us everything he had or anything. So. He didn't, he didn't LaMarcus Aldridge us for any of those people who follow basketball. I've heard that name. Don't get the He's a Blazer but... who gave up in a playoff series against Memphis and then went to San Antonio. Oh, wow. Gotcha. I'll have to look He's that nice. up and read more about that. Because so, I've heard that <laughs> term a few times already. But uh, um, Cool. Well, that was, that was a quick segue. That was just something I meant to ask uh, earlier, actually. But um, So let's go into Frankie Giannetto's question. That's, what's the deal with long sleeves and does it restrict movement at all? Shout out to Frankie. He decided to get a short sleeve shirt. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got a, an order going on right now. Unfortunately, it'll probably be closed by the time this goes up. But we've got a bunch of people ordering shirts, which is awesome. And thank you, Frankie. Um, I don't have a problem with it. The, pro- the problem will come in is if you're, if you're sort of uh, height and, and doesn't match up with the size of shirt you wear. So like I wear a medium and the medium sleeves are the right size for me. But if, if you were my size but you wore large the long sleeves would be a little bit longer on you or uh, you know fr- frankie wanted to get an extra large and the long the long sleeves on that would have been they would have co- probably covered his his hands just the way they make the shirt so it's got to be right for your size like sean gets sean gets away with wearing an xl the sleeves are the right size because you know he's six four or whatever um but they don't change that, right? So if you get an XL and you're my height, you're going to be in trouble. If you get an XL and you're Sean's height, you're going to be fine. If Sean wore a medium, he'd be screwed. Like they'd right. go barely past his elbow. So, um, so they're really comfy. I love them. They 100% polyester shirts. People say, yo, you're going to get hot. I don't have that problem at all. Um, it keeps the sweat off the ball a lot more. You don't necessarily sweat through a polyester shirt very much. And then that means your arms don't have that going on, right? You have the shirt. So, yeah, it's probably more mental, just like a lot of people, the way they tape, like the tape's probably as much mental as it is like an actual impact on the game. But yeah, yeah, I like them. I think they look cool, especially with the designs we've got. Like some just have a long sleeve that really is nothing. Our, our sleeves, like the sleeves are part of the design of the shirt. And I think that's really awesome too. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I, um, so grit we had long sleeves and i I got on board that train um and i i didn't really notice um overheating like you said i actually felt drier than normal and um i think it's kind of like what you said about the polyester and uh they they don't seem to restrict movement for me by any means and i don't know if it's like a psychological thing but like you said i felt more comfortable so 
I don't see them um, as a big deal as I used to. I used to think people would just burn alive in those things and they're crazy for wearing them, but that doesn't seem to be the, the case for people. Yeah, Sean. So I hadn't really seen teams where we used to have last year, our New Jersey's were uh, like a light blue kind of pattern that had a pizza a taco and like a cloud and a rain on it. And it, it was a low cost design. And uh, Sean actually got a long sleeve one of those. So he's been wearing long sleeve for a little while now. He kind of loves it. I didn't, I didn't have one last year, but I ordered a bunch of our New Jersey's this year. So I, I made sure I wasn't uncomfortable in whichever I got. So, nice. but I love, I love the long sleeve. Like I'll probably be playing in those at all the rounds. Gotcha. Well, uh, Sergio Leone asked, how do you feel about running it back for a rematch and showdown? And I think you said joust and said instead, um, did you guys face off each other against each other? Yeah, yeah. So my round one matchup was against Sergio. I think it went down three to one. Um, I think I got two, and then he hit me, and then uh, I think I caught him in the in the fourth game to take him out. So, um, yeah. I mean, if when we get a chance, uh, I want to joust. Like I'd love to just in the intermission of an elite set up a court and just have a joust. The winner stays on. You know, get in line, kind of thing. The joust is a blast, and it's something that you can do super quick. You know, it basically plays itself. You just have a court in four balls or five balls, and, and you go. Um, and you can run it just in a pickup, just next person on. So uh, hopefully we get a chance to do that. It was a pleasure playing against you, Sergio, but uh, I got my sights set on the finals. Nice. Vince, <laughs> Vince took me out uh, last year and um, was not stoked about the gym we were playing it in. I don't know if you were at round three. But uh, that gym in San Diego was gross, humid, and it made every ball a nightmare to grip, especially for a guy like me with small hands. So I couldn't really get anything on it. And he, he I mean, he probably would have smoked me anyway. He won the thing. I'm not trying to say I would have beat him, but I don't have to worry about him this year because <laughs> he's out already. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I was there for round three. I was shaking my head like, no, I wasn't there. But no, no, I was. Um, physically, I guess I was there. Mentally, must not have been. <laughs> To not remember, but um, I don't remember too much humidity. Maybe I'm just I'm used to it, but I've been exposed to far worse uh, yeah, humid sure. gyms. So I um, I, I don't remember too much of that. But uh, so did you? You did yeah. Uh, you did joust. You did uh, showdown. Um, this past round one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much up. Now I play uh, Mick. So shout out to you, Mick. Mick got a Mick got a Alan Thomas Rainbow jersey in this recent order. So appreciate that and. Uh, I get to play him in the next round, so I'm looking forward to that. Nice. He's, a, he's a smart, he's a smart and capable player who's pretty new to elite, uh, so that'll be fun. And I love that team they're on. I love Tuda and Saucy. That's it's an awesome team. That those are just a bunch of kids that came from trampoline. Like that's that's awesome to me. Yeah, it's pretty cool seeing that happen. Uh, let's see. So he also asked, and I'm so glad again that he asked this question, but do you have like a pregame play playlist or do you have a couple of tracks that help you get in the zone or just to amp you up? Um, that's so I probably, my, what I listen to would probably amp anyone down. Like I think, yeah, when we got in the car to drive to the gym in the morning for, um, for round one, I think I probably put like bare naked ladies on or something. Huh. It's probably like, I was probably singing one week. Uh, <laughs> like pinch me or if i had a million dollars like i was probably singing that on the way to the gym um i you know I, i'll occasionally put on like a, a dragon force song or something and get and get pumped that way but that's just not my game isn't really to get charged up like that really it's more to just like relax like mellow you out a little bit yep do, do you have like um like a pre-tournament ritual um this is kind of I like just, a, a segue to that question too 
Yeah, and this is a good question. I really, the, I mean, when I get to a tournament, the first thing I want to do is say hi to everyone. So, like, I think I spend the, I t- you know, I, I'll usually tape up while I'm doing it or whatever, but I love to just go around and talk to everyone, especially at elites. You know, I don't see those people but a couple times a year. I just love to go say hi to all the people, you know, uh, give some people a hug, you know, high five, just have a chat, catch up a little bit. Really, that's, uh, that's I, I wouldn't do anything but that before a tournament, really. Nice. What about um, the night prior? Like, do you eat anything special or make sure you sleep eight hours a night or do you just kind of show up? Boy, I'm looking forward to sleeping eight hours before the Portland round. I sleep terrible in hotels. Um, so you've, uh, you've seen me at my, at not my best as far as the sleep game goes. Sleep deprived. Um, I'm generally a pretty bad at, at, uh, at eating right. So I'm trying to think of what we ate before round one. <sighs> I probably had Panda Express. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that explains the cramping. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Uh, so that that's a weakness in my uh, in my pregame. I could probably help, but I'm uh, we'll see. Gotcha. Uh, Markel Stokes asked, um, "What is your most clutch play in dodgeball?" And there's probably quite a few. So I guess is there a certain play you remember that was just like completely like this changed the entire outcome of the tournament for you that stands out? Well, this is I mean pretty timely because I can't think of one more clutch than the catch I had on Brody um, around one this year. So it was this the quarterfinal. Um, they were the one seed, and I I feel like we were probably the eleven seed. We played pretty crappy in coed in the round robin, we kind of got into each other a little bit and had to regroup. Um, but, uh, we found it before the bracket started and went into the bracket ready to go. And, uh, the first game we, we beat them pretty good. The second game we were going to beat them. And then, um, we threw a bad catch on a group throw. It was just no reason to put the ball where we did. And, um, Angelique, I think has caught Sean at least 15 times. So she just added to it. Um, and then uh, the third game, we got – what happened in the third game? I got out on a high ball from Davey, and then Ricky threw a catch on that very same exchange. So Davey threw and hit me, and Ricky tried to counter him, and Davey caught it. So I was first out. Ricky was second, and then they just kind of picked us off one by one. We threw a catch on a deflection. Uh, Reeve threw a catch that was blocked up and went to the other side, and one of them caught it on the other side of the back lines happy kate threw and hit fazel out and ryan tried to counter and she caught ryan and that caught me back in so it was me tiffany and kate and uh kate i didn't have a ball i came in too quick because i was too eager and kate saved the day she put pressure on brody made sure i had time to get a ball brody eventually hit her out but i mean if not for what she did there i'd have been out and so it was me and tiff we had a couple chances of the double teams we couldn't get any outs um eventually i got caught out of position again and Tiff saved my butt, so she had the presence of mind to pull a ball, to shag a ball first to the back line so that my teammates could get it to me. And then she also threw a counter at a throw that was at me. Davey made another great catch while in the mid-throw he dropped and, ca- and caught the counter. Um, but, I mean, it was the exact right throw. She had to make it. It was just a great catch. Um, and so then it's me against five. So Fazzle's the only out person out on the team, and it's uh, Davey, Ryan – uh, Brody, Rolina, and um, and Angelique, and 
I'd, I'd take a couple back and forth. They don't really run me down, which is like what Rise would have done. I, I probably would just got run down right away. But they were playing really conservative for some reason. And um, finally, a sort of half-hearted group throw came. Um, I kind of pitched the ball at the side at Ryan, who was on my right. And his throw kind of went outside right. And I and Rolina's went right into the ground in front of me. And I dropped, and Davies comes you know, right at my face, just hands only, snag it. Oh, don't nice. go out of bounds or anything. And Ricky comes in uh, and we just wipe him out right to left. Ryan's out. Davey's out. Rolina throws a catch and Angelique is last. Sean comes back in and we light her up. So, um, that, I mean, that's, that's the knockdown game, right? We lose that game five on one. We go to the loser bracket and it could be a totally different story. So instead we end up winning that game. We go on to play force and we beat them. And then we go on to play rise and lose and play force again and beat them and then lose to rise in the final. So, I mean, that could be a different story. That's a couple more matches we have to win if we lose there. And, you know, a brutal loss after that second game that we should have won. So, you know, look at, look at the context of it. And I, I was pretty stoked with that one and the way everyone throughout the whole situation, you know, it was a burning, there was things burning down, but I wasn't the only one who made a play. Nice. So you, that was like a catch. You just like caught it midair with your hands. Yeah, on my knees. Like I dropped to my knees and leaned back. I basically did an Angelique. I mean, it's, that's her catch that she's made on Sean 50,000 times, and I did it to Brody. So. <laughs> How do you like it? <laughs> that's what it feels like. Nice. So, yeah. So luckily she had one right before that, and I just was like, oh, I could do that too. So Cool. Those are, those are fun catches to watch happen. They're just uh, the crowd silencing. They're just like, whoa like everybody just loves when that happens um so the, the brutal thing about that one is there's four cameras on the game and not one has a clean view of it of course <laughs> how does that happen man you know what you know what there's a clean view of though i think um vince was running you down you went on the ground he hits you you oh, roll yeah, up and course. it just like pops right on top of your head you're like wait, yep. wait. <laughs> like, of course that's it's my camera too Oh, well, not my camera, but our camera for Dodge from Portland Dodgeball. <laughs> so yeah, so that he has that thanks to us recording everything. Yeah, go figure. That's Keith, that's what. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> that's what you got a perfect view of, perfect angle. Yep, that's a good one though. Hey, uh, credit to him. He played great. That was a fun match, and and I I love that he can bring it up and we can still banter about it. So exactly. I like but that's a good. The, some people get a little offended. I'm not one to get offended. If you if you kick my ass at something. Let me see it. Yeah, show me. Let's laugh about it. <clears throat> Sorry, I swore. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Lucas right now is like five. You're at like two, so you're good. <laughs> um, so I, and I kind of say this one, at least for this crowdsource ones for, for last, because um, I want to talk more about your dad. Uh, what's it like watching your dad play in Elite? Um, well, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be the same not. Um, and like I said, we grew up, he was a single dad for the most part of my childhood. Uh, he got custody me when I was about seven and um, just grew up as kind of a best friend dad situation. And sometimes it doesn't work out well, but you know, I wasn't the best kid as far as, you know, doing school and stuff like that. But it didn't, it didn't change that we were still friends, right? If he had to, it didn't matter that he had to punish me or he had to tell me, you know, what to do. And at a certain point, he kind of just accepted that maybe I wasn't going to do all the best things that everyone thinks I should do. But that didn't stop him from 
still being there. And so what that meant is that every sport thing we did, we kind of did together, whether it was like we played in city basketball leagues. You know, I grew up playing every sport with him. Um, we would, I mean, we kind of made sacrifices. We family get together on a Sunday, like, sorry, family, you know, we have a basketball game today. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of our thing was always doing that. And, um, we, you know, we grew up playing other stuff today. So I used to, uh, together, I used to play uh, mage night. I don't know if you're familiar with Warhammer, but mage night's kind of another miniatures game that came out by WizKids. And so we grew up playing stuff like that together and he would run the tournaments and you know, at a local game shop and. So it just kind of grew up with all that stuff as the connection to my dad. So watching him play, and I mean, he's traveled to tournaments that he doesn't even play in to watch me play. So I, I love that. Uh, there's no one I'd rather have there. That's awesome. I, um, I'm pretty sure it was your dad that I saw in 2013 at the Seattle Classic. I mean, it was the only um, el- elder elderly gentleman there. And I, I don't remember what team he was playing on. But I just remember thinking like, wow, this guy's like not only still getting after but he's pretty pretty dang good so i've got like at least another 10 years to play myself so (laughs) and every time i I would see him i was like i'm so glad this guy's still showing up because like he's obviously fearless and he's playing against people like pying and catch him and i mean he's not bad and um remember one time we were playing it was round three and um it was with gridlock and i think they knocked us out of this this the the we lost this one but um, I was going to throw with somebody on my team, and he threw and he tried to counter me, and I just like went over and like instinctively like caught it with my hands, and it made this loud like just cracking noise, and um, I didn't think about it because I didn't want to show like that hurt my hands at all, but it did, <laughs> and we just finished that play, and I was like, God dang, like <laughs> that guy's got guy put some mustard on that, and um, I was just trying to play it off like nothing, like no big deal, but I was like pretty happy that I caught that, but again, it was. Um, it just validated again. I was like, okay, clearly still. I mean, I said it five years ago, but I'll say it again. I still got another 10 years if this guy's still playing. And then uh, I just recently found out he was her dad. I was like, holy crap, that's cool. I didn't know that. So Yeah, yeah, that was a big tournament for them. Round three in San Diego last year. They uh, That was Velosa Rapture. That's right. Uh, Mark Mark Acom hated that name. He, he kept making fun of it, calling it whatever else he could think of. <laughs> Most of them weren't very funny. Um, but, uh, they came in fourth in that, uh, I believe they, they lost to new breed and the new breed ended up taking third. So that, I mean, that was, um, I mean that, and then a couple of those, uh, Greg was on that team who's on rainbows. Now, um, I went to high school with Greg. Um, and then Keith, like I said, he was on that team. I met him several years ago through flag football and he was one of my best friends now. So, um, that's, uh, yeah, I, we got knocked out early in that tournament. I was having a blast cheering those guys on. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 cool to see. I mean, um, like I said, if he's still playing, then I mean, I've got no excuse. So I know I, <laughs> I've already hinted at I don't want to say retirement, but taking it easy. But then I see him like I'm not. I'm crazy. I, I've got plenty of time. So how old are you, Steve? Uh, 34. I'll be 35 oh, in July. What are you talking about? 30? <laughs> I'm 30. What are you? I'm not gonna hang it up anytime soon. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, it's just old man speak. I feel like I'm 50 though, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the more I play, the more I feel like I've got plenty of time. So you've got a few more miles on you maybe than I do. I I don't do any manual labor, and I haven't been playing in the elite scene quite as long. Yeah, the uh, the army sucked out a couple of years already, but uh, we'll see. I, I felt pretty good um, coming out of West round one didn't kill me. It definitely beat the crap out of me, but I was like, I can, I guess if I start practicing and, and can make more of these tournaments, I'll be fine. 
So we'll see, man. I'll probably stop just talking like that, though. <laughs> well, I'll just keep giving you crap every time you do. <laughs> yeah, that's also fair. Um, I know one time uh, <laughs> I was walking by uh, Jim from Rise, and he's all, hey, Grandpa. And I was like, you know that's you, but don't look. But I look anyway. He's like, yes. I was like, why did you fall for that? <laughs> like, you knew not to do that. And he's oh, like, I love Jim. Yeah, he's like, yes, I knew you would fall for I was like, I, I can't help it. I, I just cannot ignore Jim. I mean, I'm not going to – I've known this guy for years now. Uh, back when he had uh, – <laughs> Uh, blonde frosted tips. I mean, back in the good old days of uh, of Rise, and that uh, we kind of have like this suicide pact go where we, if one of us goes, we're all going to have to collectively go. Otherwise, we just won't acknowledge that person's retiring. So it'll it'll take a lot for me to to finally bail. But it's uh, yeah, like I was saying, it's it's awesome knowing that you're playing with your dad. That's such a, a cool thing. Um, and I just found out again, like I think it was round one when I found out of the, of this year. So I've kind of been in the dark about that one. But um, let's go ahead and go into your favorite dodgeball mem- memory to date. Um, and with this one, it doesn't. There's no right answer, right? It could be like the first sure. one that comes to mind. But um, let's just get right into it. Do you have a favorite memory? I think I do. Yeah, I am. I mean, sorry if I snub any other memories out there. But uh, I would say it had to be 2015 Seattle Classic when I won the Joust. Um, there's a great picture of it. Um, it was kind of our first, you know, like at that time, that was the biggest tournament I'd ever played in, most competitive. It was, I was on the up and coming team, you know, that had formed a couple years before and we were kind of hitting our peak and uh, we ended up making the finals and losing. But in the middle of that, right before the semifinal, you finished the joust from semifinal to final. And uh, I, uh, the, the two... One of the the guy I beat in the semifinal was one of my teammates who's on downpour now, Galen um, Galen Malcolm. And then uh, in the final, I beat a guy named Jordan Williams, who's one of the most gifted athletes in the Northwest. Like Lucas is is top of that list too, but Jordan's not not far behind as far as guy who can jump out of the gym, who can get anywhere on the court. You know, great athlete. And in the joust, like that athleticism is a bigger piece of the game than maybe it is in just necessarily a regular dodgeball game, right? So. That was a tough match, and um, we flew all over the place. Uh, and when, I, when I'd won, man, Ricky, uh, my buddy Chris, and Aldo just immediately bolt off the sideline and just all of them grab me in a big old hug at once. Nice. And uh, there's a great picture of it, me in the middle. And uh, just so I would say that's probably like that photo is, is it's a great callback. I love seeing it to, my, uh, to that win. Was this the... Was this what uh, Britt was referencing when she said that the joust is cursed? Like, if you win the joust, your team loses. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Alan yeah. had to go ahead and win the joust because that was more important. Yeah, yeah. I'd won the joust twice and both times <laughs> lost in the finals of the tournament. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then, to my knowledge, no one who's ever won the joust won the tournament. So I lost the joust at this recent classic. I went out in the right before the semifinal round. I went out to a guy from uh, Canada um, well, actually, it was a little more before that. He creamed me. He was so fast, and I, I, um, I just, I didn't make the right play. And he was, he's normally I can kind of time it, you know, I can kind of lead the person and get it to where the ball slows him down. But he was so quick, I, I read it wrong and totally blew by me. And then you went ahead and, and won the Seattle Classic, though. So. Yeah, yeah. And then we just <laughs> smoked like, everyone. Do I get uh, do I win the joust or do we <laughs> my team win? Like, that's yeah, pretty... poor Brit. She, you know, she got screwed out of that one <laughs> <laughs> that was funny I, de- I definitely did I did some uh, 
not animosity, but she sounded like she's still a little bit bitter about that one. <laughs> yeah, I think she might be. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, uh, with everything that's going on uh, this year, all the all the great changes that are happening, um, and we did kind of expand on the international scene. Is there anything that you're looking forward to specifically for this year, like the most that you're just super excited about? I'm I'm really excited for a Portland round. Um, like I said, I don't sleep very well on the road. So if I can get a good night's sleep and a good week's sleep leading up to that, like I definitely know I can play better than I've played. Um, and just to have it in our city, like to, you know, to have my, my grandma's, came, my grandma came to New Orleans when we played the nationals there. So that was pretty cool. But to be able to have more of my friends and family come is something I really look forward to. You know, my, my supervisor at work today was, uh, we had a one-on-one -on -one and he was like, if you have any stuff coming, I was wearing my new USA dodgeball sweater I got in the mail nice. last week. And he's like, if you have an event coming up, let me know. Like, I want to come check that out. So I told him, yeah, May 19th. And he's like, I'll be there. That's awesome. Um, and so just, just, just stuff like that. Like I, I, uh, I think that that's something that's, that could be huge for dodgeball in an area. Like if you can get your friends to come and they can see the game and then, you know, they're playing the game next week. I grew up with a lot of support you know, very athletic friends. Greg's on rainbows. One of the guys I went to high school with, and he was a hopeless, he was hopeless at sports. Like dodgeball is the sport he found that he's really good at. Hmm. But we, I mean, I have some very athletic friends that I wish I could get to come play. Gotcha. And you think, um, people being able to see firsthand what you do on these weekends when you go away to play dodgeball is a good way to kind of show them, like check out this wonderful world of dodgeball. For some people, well, yeah, for the serious <laughs> athlete, like the serious competitive athlete, that is a you. That's definitely what you want to show them. The problem, the unfortunate problem of dodgeball is if you bring a serious competitive athlete out to, you know, league night in a rec league, they're going to see dodgeball still as, you know, the movie or the kids game. But right. if you can bring a serious competitive athlete and show them elite dodgeball, like I don't see why they wouldn't, or how that would not get their attention. So that's, I mean, that's my goal is to get those people who I know are, are competitive and want, to win and want to see a good, a good heated competitive game. Like that's what they're going to love. So that's, uh, that's what I'd want to show them elite before, before I show them anything else. Like this is, this is what this sport is when you get to it, you know, you may have to start somewhere else, but. but this is what the apex looks like. This is the peak. Right. Nice. All right, cool. So that's all the questions I've got. And, uh, we'll go ahead and end the interview there. So that was Alan Thomas from Rainbows, and just like my interview with Kat last week, this one, again, flew right by. Alan, thank you so much for hopping on and for your patience while I figured out the whole audio uh, mishap, but also for being part of my 20th episode. Um, that's a bit of a milestone for me. I really did not expect to uh, to get this far when I first started out back in uh, December. Um, yeah, it's incredible that 20 episodes have already gone by, so... For those of you that listened, I really hope that you enjoyed our conversation as much as I enjoyed having it and, like me, got a bit more insight on what's been going down in the Pacific Northwest through Alan's perspective. Um, again, for me, it's just great to be able to venture out outside of my comfort zone, outside of you know the West Arizona region, and get to know people from all over. It's been a true blast. Also, special thank you again to uh, Sergio Leone, Markel Stokes, Joe Colella, and Frankie G. Aneto for submitting your questions. Um, they just make these interviews that much more fun and engaging, I feel, especially since I can't think of everything to ask somebody. I really do lean on outside source questions to just make these interviews the most that they can be. So definitely appreciate it, and I'll do my best to give you guys more of a heads up for future interviews. 
And on that note, uh, feel free to send me your questions, concerns, and feedback anytime. Um, I have, again, had so much fun doing this podcast. Already looking forward to the next 20. Just uh, would like to see where you want me to go and who you want me to talk to, and we'll go from there. So on that note, happy Friday. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next time. Holy shame. Did I get it on the first try? I got it on the first try. I'm I'm getting out of here before something bad happens. I'm out.